0: Beyond the Level podcast is brought to you by tinyhomes.com, focused on consumer protection for people and companies within the world of tiny homes. For more information, contact us at support at tinyhomes.com. This is episode nine. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about YouTube channels and when people go to YouTube looking for information about tiny homes. So, Kenny, what kind of stuff is out there on YouTube when someone looking for a home is looking for information? Like, what's out there?
1: So, in tiny homes, there is just an incredible amount of information out there. And one of the places that can be incredibly helpful for finding information is on YouTube. one of the reasons for that is just the format. Right? It's a longer format where you're subscribed to a channel, and that channel's generally specific to something. Maybe that channel is specific to affordable housing or specific to tiny homes, maybe some sector of tiny homes. So you can find numerous different channels that can provide an incredible resource to find maybe new innovative products can find you know maybe limitations there are lots of channels out there that will not only talk to you about the pros but will also provide you with the cons of that product
0: it is kind of the great thing about youtube right like it feels like you can figure out how to do anything you can on like YouTube, do anything right? on
1: YouTube. i mean i know nothing about how to fix cars and i've fixed like numerous <laughs> problems with my truck i don't know nothing about how to fix a car and I, like, solve all sorts of problems. And so it's, like, a really great place to sort of get information. I mean, it is as a construction, you know, it being in construction, we use YouTube, like, all the time. <laughs> like, you don't know everything in construction. If you do, right, you're, like, very misguided. And so it's, like, every day you're faced with a new problem. That's part of the fun. Yeah. And so we find ourselves going on YouTube, like, all the time looking at like, how did this person install this floor, this specific floor or what techniques did they use to like, wow, watching someone who just drywall like every day, (laughs) how do they do it? Right. Like watching someone that rust every day, what do they do? And like learning those techniques and learning those little secrets and trades and reading comments that are really valuable to like, wow, look what this person said. And they're very technical and they'll know like, why I read this and they, so it's not only about the content, but part of that content is within the conversation that occurs below it. And this isn't just necessarily, we're kind of talking about YouTube today, but it's really specific to Instagram has a lot of great information on it. TikTok has a lot of great information either through, you know, a channel or an influencer. And often that same, let's say YouTube channel will have a instagram page and a tiktok page and a facebook page and so you're getting a lot of different sound bites and a lot of different maybe it's a longer piece or a shorter piece and there's just a tremendous amount of great information that you really feel like wow what can't i do
0: yeah it is a really cool thing and it's an awesome thing but there can also be a downside to it so In this space, you know, there are, it does feel like there's a lot of people giving a lot of information that can be valuable, but um, let's talk a little bit about um, some issues or pitfalls with some of that information or things to look out for, things to be cognizant of.
1: I think one of the things that has occurred now on the internet is, you know. Olden days, right? It sounds an ancient.
0: You <laughs> <he's> sound eighty.
1: <laughs> you go to this is a classic example, right? You go to watch the Super Bowl, and like for me, I'm not a big football fan, and I watch it for the commercials. And so, I want to watch the commercial. When I watch the commercial. I'm like, oh, excited about a new emerging product, right? It's some usually kind of newer or fun product. So you get to learn about these oh my gosh, look at this thing or look at this. Or you can sort of see trends in the market while watching a Super Bowl, right? So like, oh wow, look at this new product or this new product. But when you're watching that, you sort of realize it's a commercial. You know it's a commercial and you know the people who are doing it are getting paid, not only getting paid, but getting paid a large sum of money. So you sort of have a bit more ability to judge that and say, okay, here's what they're presenting because it's commercial and here's what I'm going to believe. And then What else should I know about the product to make a reasonable choice for myself to see if that fits, you know, what I need for the product that I might be buying. Within what we have now, we have this sort of infrastructure where experts, and there certainly are experts, they know a lot about the field in which they're talking, but sometimes it's really hard to tell the difference between someone who is like, really deep knowledgeable and other people who are out sort of like saying they're knowledgeable and really out promoting a product.
0: But but it also can be like the knowledgeable people promoting a product too. Right. Or
1: And it's like, they're promoting the product through this idea of maybe they're, I'm going to review 10 new right. tiny homes. They're
0: I'm, not saying hey, now I'm going to promote a product. And this is something that I'm getting paid for. And, you know, I want to tell you about how awesome and amazing it is. That's not what's happening. What's happening is that they're talking about a product in a supposedly objective way, but it's not really.
1: I think that's the core problem, absolutely. So it's this idea that you're looking at a channel, you're following someone, and it's being presented to you as this very objective, informative thing. Behind that, they're getting paid and are incentivized by whoever they're promoting, but framing it in a way that makes you feel like they're being objective about that product. And what you see from a more technical perspective is that they generally don't want to ask the hard questions or they're not asking the hard questions, even though they appear to be technical enough through watching all of their content to see that they could be asking the hard question, they're just choosing not to. And so sometimes in what they do, they'll, in certain episodes, they'll be more technical and then they'll, you'll see a piece that's like, a puff piece, and it's sort of hard to make a distinction between maybe one that they're really critical about, and then the next one that they're very not critical about, and sort of how does that consumer just because now they see oh well wow, look how critical they were, so now they're critical about all of it, and they're really objective. We're really maybe they were objective about this one, but maybe they weren't getting paid, and then this one they appear to be objective. But they're really not. And you're like, and so it just, it's a really hard thing to watch.
0: It creates like a false sense of security almost like, because you have seen them be objective. It's like, well, oh, they're, they're pretty kind of negative about this one. They're so positive about this one. That must mean that this one is really good. That's what happens. (sighs) Exactly.
1: So it is, that's definitely what's occurring. And so I guess the concern is this, as we sit trying to be advocates for tiny homes our position is we want people to have just the information so that they can make the, the right choice for them. And unfortunately, what we're seeing is more and more and more, there's either just straight up bad actors or there's this rush to market where the f- people who have the funds to go out and do the promotions are the same people who are trying to push their product in the market or increase distribution or whatever else it might be. And it's not that necessarily that product completely doesn't exist. It's just, do the do the promises meet up with what the product actually will deliver, either in the immediacy or in the future? And so that that's sort of the element of it. It's just, it's hard for the consumer to sort of make sense of it all and just to dis- draw the lines between fact and fiction or this mirage of truth and I kind of like to say it's like you know if you know when you're giving out information you know if you're kind of going over all the details it's still not really telling the truth if you're whitewashing everything and sort of softening the edges that's a version of
0: Manipulation, right? Manipulation. It's not,
1: you're not being, you're you're saying you're an advocate for the consumer. At the same time, you're really knowingly giving that consumer information that you potentially know isn't actually true. And you're knowing that you, that the consumer ultimately needs to make that choice because you're not in a position to disclose that you've been paid by that manufacturer to say what you say. Because it's a lot stronger position to come from, hey, I love this product and this is why and this is why it's incredible and I'm an expert and so this right. is why you should basically buy this product or back order this product or
0: And I think isn't there just a little bit of like, you know, maybe that person doesn't even like fully Yes, they're getting paid and yes that in itself is a deception, but you think that there's like you know, they do believe in the product and they're not like, you know, why are they not willing to ask the hard questions or like, are are they kind of also getting blindsided by it as well?
1: You know, sometimes I'm not sure. It's been hard for me to understand where I watch something and you see their channel and you're like, wow, they're like pretty well versed in construction and they do a ton of different episodes on all sorts of different construction details and principles and but yet they haven't really asked even the most basic question here and just doesn't make you know and then you ultimately realize, oh, they're not asking the hard question because they're getting paid and so this isn't there's no way they can ask the real questions they have to ask sort of the the questions that help the product get sold because if they don't do that then there's no deal to be had and they're not going to continue
0: to yeah it feels it feels a lot like a conflict of interest but it is kind of i mean this is how people that are you know that do youtube videos it's like how they you know make money doing it so it's like how do you there's a format to it right
1: there's a format to what works in youtube and it's a bit this kind of glitzy glamour it's this mix between you know organic dialogue and you know, funny little clips and other little, there's most YouTube channels have pretty much a very similar format that they follow. You know, one of one of the things that's hard to watch within the internet in general, and it certainly happens on YouTube is this idea that, I mean, when I look at information, I definitely go to dig into the comments because I really find that that can be a great thing. It could be a toxic thing based on the content that's being presented, but Unfortunately, and I don't know if everyone knows this, but basically people get paid to subscribe to followers and subscribe to YouTube channels, and then they get paid to positively comment.
0: it is is like this crazy thing it makes me you know we 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 now are in this place and like that you know reviews are such a big thing like but you know before buying a product or going to a restaurant you'll look at a review of something and if it has good reviews and you'll go to that restaurant or you'll buy that thing it's like to think that those are false it's just crazy,
1: and it's not like they're 100 percent false, but you have this mix sometimes. Or it's that not they're all padded, the time. I
0: guess.
1: It's not all the time, <laughs> and it's really hard to determine the difference because it's this genuine person. Yeah, do so it's a real profile, and they have real intent to promote the product. So they're getting paid to positively say something about it, or make, or even if someone says something negative about it, to sort of then say something positive. So you basically create this entire ecosystem around. A product based on really a false sort of set of data points, right? When we're out on the internet, we're trying to determine like a decision, right? We're trying to make a decision. I'm going out to buy a tiny home. You're going to go out and you're going to collect a million data points. A lot of those data points are going to be with like, you know, reading reviews, reading comments, asking other people. And so you collect all the data points till you kind of come up with your own decision on, okay, what choice do I want here? In other markets, like in, let's say you go out and buy a home. And I think that's why this tiny home market is so susceptible to sort of misuse. So in conventional home buying, if you have fakery or you have misinformation, you have a lot of checks and balances within that ecosystem to prevent that. So even, so of the fake players or the people who are rushing the markets and the people who are like, pushing products that aren't, you know, where the rubber doesn't actually meet the road yet, or there's something that's just not quite right. Maybe it's gonna be right in the future, but it's not right today. When that comes to market, it gets flushed out because there's, right, you have title, you have an escrow system, you have deeds, you have inspections, you have realtors, you have lawyers, you have, so when you go out and you buy a home, you're paying what is maybe what? I mean, 10% of the fee or the cost of that purchase is on protecting that interest. When you go out and buy a tiny home...
0: Yeah, it's interesting. It's not the same. There's not the same mentality around it. I think because of... The price point, or that people view it as having like a lower price point, they don't think that it it still is like a substantial amount of money. So it's confusing why people don't feel like they need to protect their assets or their investment, like why they wouldn't feel like they need to go through the checks and balances. Yeah, I think
1: well, you know, we sometimes I think what people think is this: it's an expense; it's something they can't afford. Where I think in somehow in home buying, it's something you can't even pretty much get done on your own and people would pretty much not even when you're doing it like let's say a owner you know a, the owner is selling it directly to you you still bring in you still have an appraiser you still have an inspection and these are still, things that
0: are required you
1: still have a title right? company you yeah. still have all these things you still use an escrow agent you still have a lease purchase agreement you still might bring you know you're still bringing in lawyers you're you you And so those, all those resources and manpower, create that security. Where in tiny homes, for whatever reason, people, because I mean, a lot of it comes down to they're trying to make it affordable, and that starts to feel unaffordable. Let's say I'm going to spend fifty thousand dollars. I don't want to spend another five thousand dollars on making sure that this product is real. I just. I want to just do the thing, you know, do
0: you think that eventually that mindset will change and that people will view it a little bit differently and that'll, you know, kind of circling back to what we're talking about is like getting information on YouTube, um, that will help with some of that.
1: So how does, how does stuff like this change? Ultimately what happens is enough bad experiences occur, Mm -hmm. enough loss occurs, enough damage happens through the consumer
0: And we won't get super into it, but it appears that, you know, there is losses and stuff and damage and things that are happening within this space.
1: Way more than we would ever have thought. I mean, way more than we would ever have thought. There's tens of millions of dollars, probably way more than that today, of products that not only it's not only products that are being put out to market, but products that are never going to be delivered or products when they are delivered are not going to meet up with what was sold to that consumer to homes that are gonna get placed on that property that are gonna have long-term liabilities. And that is just starting because people are giving really big promises to push their product to market that ultimately is going to be very challenging to deliver on all of those promises but they don't really have much choice. They need to promote it. And if you don't have that flashy product, it's pretty hard to raise money. It's pretty hard to attract investors. It's pretty hard to like get that momentum that you need to be successful. It's it's sort of hard to be dead honest with a consumer. You sort of have to round the edges for them to move them to a place that they buy and that's just like that's the place that's like a problem right and in home buying we sort of there's truth in lending because so many people have gotten ripped off that over time and it's such a big market some people have gotten ripped off over so many years where they buy a house but there's you know fake deeds or you know access issues or contaminant contaminants in the Groundwaters to all sorts of millions of things, right? Structural issues and all things. And so over time, those have flushed out to be. Because being
0: of the problems. So, like, in a weird way, it's like almost, I don't mean to say a good thing, but like, because of the problems that are happening, there hopefully will be more oversight in the future and more protection. I think
1: there's going to need to be, you know? I mean, I think that you know a lot of things aren't being sold today like it's not like oh here buy at buy this product as is that's not a great selling point right like here buy this new home but it's by as is no warranty no guarantee and honestly we haven't figured all the details but good luck with the product we hope we hope you the best but (laughs) that does not sell
0: so you know we've talked about the issue but what's some advice that you can give someone who is looking to buy a tiny home now and are not waiting for all the, you know, they're wanting to buy something now. Absolutely. What do they need to look out for? What are they, what's some advice that you can give?
1: I think that like we addressed, uh, treat it like a regular house. And we've said this in our other, I think this will be a reoccurring theme for Mm us. You know, again, the focus of this podcast is to help people make educated choices when buying a tiny home in the, mo- the manufactured home lane, the modular home lane, the RV home lane, and the kit home. We can also talk specific to like site home builds, like we did in the ADU uh, podcast, which would be p- potentially specific to, you know, a home being built on site. So there's these different lanes And in any one of those lanes, having basically the same checks and balances. So if there is a bad actor in there or if there is some type of coverage that's not really being addressed, it's going to be flushed out within the sale process.
0: But I think also, you know, before we even get to that point... You know, when people are looking for information on social media and specifically YouTube, just even if it is someone that seems trustworthy or, and then maybe they are, but just be careful of, um, sort of look out for if, you know, it seems like they're promoting something and they probably are.
1: Everyone's promoting something. Yeah. So, you know, they're promoting it and you know, they're going to have their own bias, which is fine. So. Once you make the decision to purchase, make sure that you're protected. Yeah. So if you ding it, so if you're going to buy, make sure you're protected. So make sure you truly understand what you're buying, ask as many questions as possible, try to not believe everything you think. Try to, you know, do it dil- diligently and protect yourself. And those protections again, it's, if you can possibly do some type of escrow that's massively important, having agreement in place, knowing that there's warranties in place and those are in writing. Know that you're not going to pay for the product until it gets delivered on your, on site. Be clear about all of those extra costs. That's the biggest one. I mean, be clear about, be honest and clear about how much cost is associated once you just have a home delivered to your property. You know, if you are going to break rules, know what rules you're breaking.
0: All right. Well, I think that's it for episode nine. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Beyond the Level podcast is brought to you by tinyhomes.com. Focused on consumer protection for people and companies within the world of tiny homes. For more information, Contact us at support at tinyhomes.com.